This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I'm one of these people as well that believes everything happens for a reason, but when things start to feel completely out of your control, it's hard finding that reason. But um, you just have to keep going and follow your intuition, really. It's chris mania brother. That's a great question. Look at you, man, with the powerful questions. <laughs> Woo! This is the Chris Van Vliet Show. Chris Van Vliet Show. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Van Vliet! All right, let's do it! Welcome back, my friends, to the Chris Van Vliet Show. This episode is brought to you by Indeed and Bet Online. And since March, you know, we've all been dealing with this strange time together in quarantine and wearing masks and washing our hands. I mean, I hope you were washing your hands before, but you know what I'm talking about. Regardless, this has affected all of us. And for my guest today, Sadie Gibbs, it was the reason that she was let go from her AEW contract. She was five days away from moving from her home in London to Atlanta so she could be closer to AEW headquarters, so she could be closer to the Nightmare Factory to train more. And then the lockdowns happened, and boom, she wasn't able to travel. So I'll let her tell the full story here because she's handling it with such grace, a word that she uses often, and also such optimism. Snap a screenshot. Let us know that you're with us on this one. And uh, share this with someone who might need to hear this positive message because there's so much positivity in this. Tag me. I'm at Chris Van Fleet. Tag Sadie on Instagram. She is at the Sadie Gibbs. And if it's your first time here, it would mean so much to me if you could subscribe on whatever platform it is that you're listening on right now. And if you could also leave a review, if you have like a spare minute in your day, that'd be so great if you could leave a review as well. Uh, if it's your first time here, I read a review on every single episode of the show. It's it's my way to say thank you. And also my way to say, you know, if you'd like to leave a review, I'll read one out for you on the show. I have a very specific goal, 2,000 reviews by May 19th. Now, May 19th isn't just like an arbitrary day. May 19th is my birthday. So 2,000 reviews by May 19th. Right now we are at 1,221. So we're getting there. This review comes from Nikki Mortz, who says, CVV is the best. Oh, thank you. Just wanted to take the time to thank you for your hard work, Chris. You present a very professional product and ask very interesting questions. Love the content and keep up the great work. Thank you for entertaining us through this crazy 2020. Well, thank you for that, Nikki. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, it's been a crazy year, but I feel like there's there's a silver lining in this year. I feel like there's there's opportunities out there. Um, but thank you. And we're trying to make the best of this. And got some big things coming here for the podcast in the next three to six months. Big things. So keep your eye. You'll see it. It'll be very obvious. You won't have to keep your eyes out for it. It'll just it'll appear and you'll go, oh, that's 
That's the big thing he was talking about. Speaking of big, Sadie Gibbs had a big opportunity when AEW offered her a contract last year. And as you'll hear in this interview, she puts all of herself into everything that she does. So just a few months after Dynamite debuted on TV, she had plans to move to Atlanta because that's where stuff was happening with AEW. And then COVID happened. But she is taking this all in stride and she's coming out on the other side of this even better than she was when she started. And I was so inspired hearing her story of how she got to where she is now and all the things that she still feels like she needs to accomplish. She talks about the three opponents that she really wants to face. And I I didn't expect this, but she got pretty emotional at one point in this interview. So let's get to it. Please welcome Sadie Gibbs. Well, here we go. Sadie, it's so good to see you. You too. Isn't this through the, through the magic of the internet? We can be speaking from one continent to another continent. It's crazy without any pausing or time delays. But at least <laughs> not for now. Don't jinx this. Yeah, thing. I know. <laughs> How's everything going in your world? Really good, really good. Just staying positive and uh, yeah, just keep moving forwards. Really, in the direction I want to go with the fitness side because that's in my control at the moment. So just focusing on that. Rest, wrestling in the UK is pretty much non-existent at the moment. I think I don't think there's any shows running online or anything at the moment. So I think the WWE NXT is still going, but other than that, it's yeah, no indies. You know, every time I look at your Instagram, I feel like very inadequate, feel like I should probably be working out like 10 times harder than I'm currently working out. <laughs> I mean, are you yeah. are you working out seven days a week? I pretty much train seven days a week. Sometimes, yeah. A majority of the time. Sometimes I have to remind myself, I had a rest day in a while. And I'm like, no. <laughs> but I soon know because it catches up on me and I'm shattered. So, but no, I, it's a bit of an addiction for me. I have to say training. What, were, you, were you always into training and working out or did CrossFit kind of take it from here to like here? So, no, I've always been into it. I was um, mostly, a, I used to do athletics. So I did a lot of running and everything um, when I was at school. But obviously I did gymnastics as well, which you probably know. I'm not sure if I've told you that actually. Yeah, I did gymnastics for nearly, I think, eight to ten years. So went from that into athletics. So I've always trained. I've always been. I used to run home from school just to get some exercise and in my school shoes and my skirt. But um, yeah, I'm a fanatic. Uh, I love it. So. Yeah, I, I think I think we could see what you did in the ring and went, oh yeah, that that's a gymnast. That is those are not always the moves <laughs> oh, of a wrestler, right there. Yeah, <laughs> there's some gymnasts. Yeah, what's implemented? So I'm um, we I come under London, so like Southeast London. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I try to place accents and I feel like your accent doesn't exactly sound like London. Yeah, people, when I was in the States, no one could work out my accent. Where does Is it come quite, from? Have I got a strong accent then? Oh yeah. You have a, you have a strong accent. Do I have a strong really? accent to you? You do. Yeah, you really do. Very American. Oh, and, and I'm not even American. I'm Canadian. Really? Well, I, I think Cana- Canadians I, sound American. Yeah, I've been living here for 10 years. So I and I've been on TV here for 10 years. So I've kind of done what I can to like work that out of the system. But when you were here, where did people think you were from? Australia. Um 
Yeah, that was probably, I, probably, I got Australia the most, yeah. Do I sound <laughs> Australian? Uh, I mean, to someone who maybe hasn't been to Australia. Yeah, but... I wouldn't say I sound Australian, but um, yeah, no, I got Australian. That was, I think, the main, the main one. Well, the interesting thing about where you live. And some people like, thought America, though, but I don't think I sound American. I've had that as well. You, you definitely don't sound American. I definitely don't, yeah. But the, but the interesting thing about where you live is you travel like an hour away from your, where you are, and there's a completely different accent. Yeah. Yeah, we've got so many accents in the UK. It's unreal. So the plan was for you to be living here. I actually remember speaking to you early in the year. We were both you know, planning to move. I was going to move to LA. You were going to move to Atlanta. How many days away from moving were you before things started to get shut down? Five days. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's all been, I'm one of these people as well that believes everything happens for a reason, but when things start to feel completely out of your control, it's hard finding that reason, but um, you just have to keep going, follow your intuition really, because Everything normally does work out for the best, as it should do. Um, but yeah, five days, which tells me it must have been a little bit of a, it wasn't meant to be yet or something, because it weren't exactly a month. It was literally five days. I was I had my cases all in my room and was ready to go. But um, yeah. Well, so take me back to before that. So that was obviously mid to late March. So take I'm me just back. glad I didn't. I'm glad I didn't sign up to the the rental because I nearly. Um, the last time I was in Atlanta, I was looking at um, renting places, like, and I was going to sign up to one while I was out there. And I'm so glad I didn't now because if I'd signed up to that, I would have been tied in even if I wasn't in the states. And um, luckily, I have a friend out who lives in Atlanta, and he said I can move in with him and his missus, so him and his partner, which um, I was doing. They had a spare room, so that'll always be open to me if it, they've said that. So if things change or whatever happens in the future, who knows? But, um, yeah, I'm just so glad I didn't sign up to the, the leasing of an apartment because I nearly did. <laughs> well, that's, that's the silver lining here. That is the silver it lining. Is, that, that was, yeah. In two different countries right now. No, exactly. Kind of would have been buggered, but, um, yeah. So take me back to before COVID where AEW was flying you in from London to whatever city you guys were in. So I was going to move to Atlanta, which is where, you know, the um, the main school is now, where all the AAW, the Nightmare Factory. And, um, yeah, be training there as well. Just being around more, you know, get to be implemented more into things. And just because when you live all the way in the UK, it's like flying over. And I, I just wanted to give it 100%, I think, and just dedicate to the promotion for the duration of my contract. And, uh yeah, obviously things change, but that was the plan. That was where my mindset was at. I'm going to dedicate 100%. If I give it my all, and see how things go from there, really. But you, you, you were being flown in for the shows that you were booked on. You were being flown. I in was, yeah, before that, the move decision. I was being flown in for the shows and just, yeah, yeah. But and then during that time, I had two main matches, so it's a little bit disappointing, but. um yeah, because I was, you know, I was having matches every week before I got signed. Obviously, I was in Japan, and um, yeah, then when I got signed, it's two two matches with them. So it was gutting because I didn't get to showcase my skills. I didn't feel, but yeah, yeah. In 
if this hadn't happened, and it's hard to look back, yeah. Uh, if this hadn't happened, where do you think your career would be right now? If you know, it was that was seven months ago. If that hadn't happened seven well, months ago, in terms of being, yeah, with I mean, AW. you would have been, had more television experience. You would have been, yeah. Wrestling. So I think I would have been, you, you know, doing really well now. I think I would if I was moved out there and training all the time. You know how I am with my training, so. um probably would have been living in the nightmare factory in the gym side and the ring. Um, and just, yeah, having, I guess, a lot more opportunities with them. So that was the plan. Um, but yeah, I couldn't say really. I, yeah. It's hard to, hard to think that, um, I should, I should assume I would have been a lot more involved in the company now. So Cause I was slowly, slowly getting there with it. We've been out there more. And when I decided to move, starting to feel like I was getting to know everyone then all of a sudden. But it is what it is. It's, um, yeah. So when, you know, when COVID started getting serious and when things started shutting down, we're talking mid-March here. What's, what immediately starts going through your head? Um, well, I heard the lockdown was happening, but I didn't, I didn't think it would be before I flew. I thought I'd be fine, to be honest. And then, in my opinion, when it happened, I thought oh, it's okay. You know, it'll be two, three months um, added on to not going. And then, obviously, it got worse and worse. And then, come August, they've let three of us go from the UK. So, yeah, but they've kept a couple from the UK. I've noticed though. That's the, without going into things. I've noticed there's a uh, Anthony Gogo still with them as well. Um, yeah, so it's it's. Bit bit sweet, really. It's not. It's a hard one to swallow, but it is. You know, I guess they had to cut their costs and everything. If they can't use us, it's the situation is what it is, isn't it? It's, well, well, we probably won't be able to fly over there until I don't know March next year. I think with the states, even that's probably earliest. Well, it's, so it's, it would have been. It's it's literally all a guess right now. But what, but it, when they you know when they did let you go, was it like the door is open? When the world gets back to a normal situation, we'll talk. Yeah, about it. it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, it was. It was really nicely done. It wasn't said in any way. It wasn't about talent or anything like that. It was about because obviously they wouldn't sign me if they thought that. But um, it was purely based on the uncertainty of being able to get to the states and uh, yeah um. And that was the reason. And they just said, reach out when it's all uh, settled and the world's normal, which can any of us see that normality yet? So, yeah. So, who, knows, um, who knows when that's going to happen, right? Yeah. So that's what I mean by just taking now. I'm, I'm actually uh, looking at going into occupational therapy and everything because I do all that with my clients and uh, also been applying and writing to a lot of directors for film work. Um, like action kind of films and stuff because I've always wanted to do that tied in with with wrestling. I've always wanted to do the kind of stunt woman stuff as well. So I'm still keeping my sights high and just, you know, yeah, staying positive and just doing what you can in this situation, really. As I look behind you here, the sun is very quickly setting behind you. It's it's still the morning here. It's still 10 o'clock in the morning here and the sun's already nice. setting in there. Yeah, 6 p.m. here. Geez, I feel like we're going to have to turn some lights on or else, you know, we're gonna, not going to be able to see you. Oh, can you not see me? Yeah. Oh, you know, now we can see you. Yeah. I'll come close. 
<laughs> I feel sorry for you guys. <laughs> so in, uh, I, I was looking at your YouTube channel and I feel like you, you're kind of uh, working a little bit of the acting in with a little bit of the wrestling. I like this. Yeah. You're showing that uh, Sadie Gibbs can do pretty much anything. I Yeah, well, that's where the, un, the undefinable came from. I kind of I like to go for anything I put my mind to. Um, I'm one of those that kind of gets obsessed with things um, and just puts my all into it and just really sees how far I can go with what my heart's set on, you know. Um, yeah, and just give it 100%. But the, the acting side, yeah, you can see that in some of my promos I've done for myself and my brand. And uh, the last one where I did, like, the end, the, uh, it was all based on, like, emotions, anxiety, and fear, because I, I tend to do it on things that I go through just to inspire other people. And um, this is where the site, the... Um, therapy comes in the occupational therapy that I want to bring into the brand and because mentally I've overcome so much and I just want I have a real passion for that and helping others so that's where that that's where I'm kind of focusing at the moment and just anything I'm overcoming to you know journaling and and I want to inspire others to do the same not like setbacks they're not there to set us back they're there to make us grow and become get to higher heights, you know, and yeah. uh, I don't believe the wrestling's over. I just think it's massively on hold at the moment for a lot of us who aren't with a TV promotion that are allowing you to perform without an audience, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's just doing what, what you can, just staying optimistic and focused on your goal still. My goal was always to do stunt work and film work and, yeah, so... All right, so let's let's dive into this. You talk about you want to help a lot of people, and you've been through a lot. Where did yeah. this Where did this start for you? In terms of the the passion you know, what, with yeah, mindset what, and yeah, exactly. Always, so I would say I started to develop like a a real interest in self development when I was I was going through. I'd say one of my worst relationship kind of things. And without going into that, that's where you really start. I guess when you get your heart broken, you can get it broken in any sort of way, like losing opportunities and, you know. Um, And I just started thinking, right, happiness isn't in others or in things or in what we do. It is internal. And it's, you know, always having that purpose and that pursuit to go after and have hope in our lives, you know, every day. And I think when... um, yeah, when I started diving into that, I just found happiness without rely like having these things around me. Oh, I've got this, I've done this, I'm doing this. And that's where the undefinable came in, where I kind of weren't defined by anything I'd done or do or, or, or who I am now because I'm not who I was three years ago, you know. So you're constantly evolving and changing and becoming a different person. So we have, it, my thing is not to get attached to anything and not – Obviously, you do have your attachments. I've got mine to my dogs and etc. But it's not—it's not allowing ourselves to be so defined by the people we have in our life, the things we do, and then when we lose them, we completely lose ourselves because that's where the real heartache comes in. It's when we don't really know who we are. Whereas I think if you're if you're aware of yourself and you've done a load of self development and you're at a place where you kind of, whatever leaves, you kind of can just sit back and go, okay, what have I learned from this? And, mm. you know, how can I go forwards in, in a new relationship or with better perceptions and, you know, not make the same mistakes because we all make mistakes. 
And uh, yeah, I just, I'm not quite there yet with it all understood, but in terms of where I've gone, the law of attraction and the secret, that book really transformed me and how I perceived things. And, and that's when I started wrestling, when I started reading all those books and everything that I, I kind of exercised the law of attraction and, it did all happen. I said, I'm going to do this in two years. I'm going to do this then. And I'm going to be here then. And everything I kind of said came into my life and it happened somewhere or another, you know, yeah. um, whichever crazy path it was, it, it, it worked. So that's why I do believe in everything that happens for a reason. Cause you know, when I came away from bodybuilding and all the figure comps, I was like, who am I? And that's when I was like, what am I going to do now? And, and, uh, I honestly, didn't know and then my life all fell together and that's where undefinable the amazing grace just having grace in your journey and yeah I just think it's yeah I, that's I'm just real passionate about all that side of things and really not getting attached or defined by what we do because if that's why I'd never just say like when people said to me you know oh you're a wrestler and I'm like no I'm Sadie um you know I'm this so yeah I do wrestle um I don't like I get really because especially with wrestling, I never wanted to get attached because if you get injured and you're told you can never wrestle again or, you know, because, you know, dangerous wrestling can be, I mean, sure, yeah. especially all the flips and, you know, you can, you might be put out and then, then what, you know, you're completely at a, so I kind of always wanted to center my brand around being more than just what I do. And yeah. Um, but I, yeah, that's where I'm at at the moment. Just figuring, well, just figuring stuff out. You are speaking but, uh, my language right now because I'm all about self-development. I'm all about oh, I love it. today better than yesterday. And yeah. you know, there's, there's a couple quotes for me that I always go back to. But one of the biggest ones is when Tony Robbins says, what you focus on is how you feel. I love Tony Robbins. He's, and, and, I yeah. mean, positivity and there's negativity in every situation and every day. Yeah. And it's so easy, especially right now with everything that's you going just on. Summed, you just summed it up. It's all about how you feel. How you feel creates your life at the end of the day. and. Uh, you know, you, you just have to focus on feeling good and doing the things that are going to allow you to feel better so you can create the life you want to create because you can't create the life you want feeling low and sorry for yourself and all those things. It's just You're just going to end up in that downward circle of negativity, bringing those around you down all the time. And, yeah, it's just not the person I want to be. So I'm just I, I just focused on becoming who I want to be. Um and that's not to say I don't miss wrestling. I miss it big time. I, you know, I love wrestling. I love the rip performing. I love everything about it. Um, but I never made it my life. You know, I never made it until I was going to move, which scared the, if I'm going to beat this out, but it scared the hell out of me because I was actually deciding to give up everything that I built about me, my brand, fitness, everything that kind of was all my little things that kept me focused and I was putting everything into commitment, committing to that, you know, and it, it did scare me because I thought, oh, if that goes, then what? And, you know, it's like having your safety nets as well. Um, so, yeah, it's just, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with what was where I'm going at the moment and I'm yeah. just trying to figure things out. So, right. as we all are. I think a lot of people might look at, you know, you right now and go, I, I could, I could never do what Sadie does. Look at Luke. She's incredible. She's an incredible shape she's a great <laughs> mindset. She's a pro wrestler. Who was Sadie Gibbs 10 years ago before all of this? Um, I'd say lost. 
lost. Uh, I could never stick at one thing. I was always bouncing from one thing to another, trying to find happiness in relationships and always chasing love in external things, um, which attracted the wrong relationships. And as well as being completely terrified, like I just said, of commitment to anything, anyone. So I probably caused a lot of the, uh, the bad relationships myself as well. Um, so yeah, I would say to sum up, I was, I was probably a lost soul searching for a purpose. And that's why when I found wrestling, I, I thought it was wrestling that kind of gave me that grace and made me feel alive again. And it did, but it was actually the person I started to become and the, all the books I started to read. And I was just really searching within myself and finding exter- internal happiness, you know, and that's where I'm still on that journey now. That's why I think it hasn't completely – I've was. i I've been low for a good couple of months with losing AW because obviously you do – it is an opportunity that I was really excited about and you do have to figure things out again like we all have at the moment with COVID and it's a lot of uncertainty. But um, I kind of didn't crash and burn within myself. I still kept my mindset. So my mind was still stronger than my emotions and my, my end goals are still there. Um, it's just, I'm just on a diversion at the moment, you know? <laughs> I feel like we could so, sneak you over to America somehow. Somehow. There must be a way. Put me in a suitcase on a boat. No, because <laughs> like, I, I just had a friend who went somewhere on vacation in Europe. So maybe you go over to there and then you travel over here. I was going to say, um, I've gone completely blank now and it's really bad. Um, <laughs> Who's it lives in France again? She's Paul. Oh, oh um, <laughs> why have I forgotten her name? Well, we've got a we've got a few. And Helico lives in uh, Spain. Yeah, he's flying over though. He's fine, isn't he? Yeah, but I think he's living in Mexico at the moment though. That's oh. why. Oh, well, that changes everything. Yeah, yeah, I think he's in Mexico. But oh, why have I gone blank? That's so frustrating. Don't worry, I've got the internet. Um, well, she's in France, and I think she's going to be coming over somehow to America. They mentioned it on I read, I read about it on the internet. Shana, Shana, that's it. Every, everyone who's watching this right now is being like, "Come on, guys, you knew this." I yeah, it was there. We've just been jabbering on, and my head's all um, yeah, Shana. So yeah, I think well, she's I, able I, to fly. I feel, I feel like we could get you over here somehow, and then figure stuff out. <laughs> Yeah. Um, okay. At least, yeah, you have to fly to another country, don't you? Which I don't know what what's happening with America and where they blocked flights from, but yeah, there probably is a way. Yeah, I think, <laughs> look, and as you know, in your life, where there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> so as you look yeah. ahead, then you know, if if this is the situation that you're in right now, you're obviously assessing the situation for yeah. I mean, it's yeah. Yeah, what, what, where do we go six months from now? What's a year from now look like? Uh, I've actually got a few speaking events booked as well um, with universities, one in Bath. Um, so, yeah, I'm just excited to see where my path goes now because, like, as you can see, I'm massively passionate about the becoming. And uh, I think that I'm just going to see where my speaking events land me and what direction I go and yeah it's just let's see let's see if you go down that path you will probably end up making so much more money than you would as a wrestler uh, I I just think this 
being a speaker and really like inspiring and motivating others is where, and that's what I loved about performing in wrestling because you touch so many people. I find it crazy how, how the crowd are so emotionally connected to you. It's mental. Yeah. Um, and that's just from the character that you, you know, that you are. And in the indie scene, I couldn't believe how many people I touched and life I affected. It's crazy. Um, so that's what I, that was one of the main things I loved about wrestling as well. Just watching how invested the audience were in what you do and, and how connected they were. And that's what I want in the speaking events that I do. And it's, it's still, I'm still going in the direction I've always wanted to go in. I've always, even when I started wrestling, I said, uh, I wanted to do the speaking events and even all my like promos were about kind of the undefinable and, you know, um, so I'm still figuring it out though. I'm not going to, I can't just sit here and wheel off what I'm about and where I'm going yet. I'm still figuring it out. So I'm going to let it unfold on its own. And Even though sports may have taken a little bit of a break in 2020, your business didn't. You have to keep moving and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need and you can pause your account at any time and there's no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire that you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. And right now, Indeed is offering listeners of our show a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. So go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. And the wait is over, my friends. We finally have football again. Now, you may not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure that you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off by wagering on wins, division, and championship futures. You can do it all day. Every day. So head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. You talk about how you found wrestling. How did, how yeah. did you find wrestling? Ah, uh, that's the, yeah. So, it's really, I've always been in mixed martial arts and I've always wanted to wrestle and do, um, be a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. That's called BJJ. It's an easier way of saying it, to be honest. Um, and I just started looking online at, like I'm always applying things and 
came across like a, it was actually a match between backstage. It was Natalia and uh, the Nikki Bella. And um, I was just like, oh my God, I want to do that. I, it just, I was just like, I want to do that. That, And I applied for a WWE tryout. And then after the tryout, after, and having that discipline and everything again, it just made me feel like this is what I want to do. And I just went away and, like I said to you, I got obsessed and uh, gave it gave it my all, really, and just, yeah, wanted to get to the top. And I feel like I did get to where I was wanting to go. I just didn't get to, at the moment, I haven't had the chance to kind of let, live out that height that I reached, you know. But, um, yeah. So what, what kind, you tried out for WWE. I'm guessing this was in the yeah. UK. What, what kind of feedback did you get from that tryout? So I got... Um, you're everything we'd hire. We just need to go away and prove to us. That's what I did. And um, I went away and just worked my ass off, really. Trained five times a week in wrestling, some, including my own training, the gym. I didn't let the gym go. And it'd be in between clients. And I actually took on like a social media job to give me a little bit more time because the clients were morning and night normally. And so two days a week, I decided to get a social media job for a company so I could travel up to... Um, uh, the Midlands, which was a five-hour drive on a Friday to train. And I did that until I found Lucha in um, Bethnal Green. And then I literally lived there. I was doing private lessons twice a week and joining the classes twice a week, sometimes leaving the house at five and getting in at 11. And then weekends, I was being booked off. I said to myself, on a debut in three months. And obviously, you get a lot of uh, – you're not going to be ready then and all this, but I still did it. And my debut was, uh, I did one in, because I got booked in Holland before I got my debut date um, in the UK. But then I did one with Lucha and uh, with BEW. And um, then I went to Holland and that was all in four months of intense wrestling training. So, Wow. Yeah. It's it's so So obvious when you get into something, you become like obsessed with this. Yeah, I just felt like it was meant to be because the bookings just started coming in and everything was going really well. Maybe I'm just good at marketing myself. I'm not sure as well. No, but, uh, no you're really good at working <laughs> hard and finding a path yeah. to make stuff happen. Yeah, carving your own path to get it. Yeah, to get it done despite all the all the talk of you're not going to be ready. You can't do it then. And you know, I was like, no, I feel I'm good. I'll be fine. I learn on the I learn on the road. I learn as I go. <laughs> but I, so I feel like you kind of skipped over the part where you're like. Driving five hours, like, was that every week? I was doing that most weeks for at least a good good mu- two months. Good two months, yeah. That was <sighs> a lot, yeah. And then I started to get the train because the driving was just Friday nights, not good. <laughs> it's traffic. And, uh, yes, yeah, just started to get the train. But um, it was known as the, you know, politi- political wise, it was known as the best train school to be at if you wanted to climb that ladder. So, um, yeah. So how did you get discovered by AEW and, and who was it that you got on their radar? So I went to Japan and obviously I had to come back early. Um, my granddad passed in that time. So came back early and something was said on Twitter, um, which caused a lot of um, exposure in terms of both sides. I, I mean, I didn't. It, it got to a point where I don't react to things easily, especially online and Anyone that's hating or doing whatever, for me, it's just a matter of, um, you know, just, it just doesn't concern me. I'm not bothered. But um, when it came to 
what I'd gone through with losing the first person in my family, really. And it was a sensitive subject. I just responded gracefully, in my opinion, and without, you know, with integrity and all those things. And um, it just went viral. And uh, from that, the Young Bucks commented under the post and then I had an email saying we'd like to sign you. Yeah, summing it up. So it was, it was an intense coming back from Japan, dealing with the grief and everything, and then getting signed. In all honesty, it's been a crazy two years. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that story is amazing because it kind of went from worst case scenario to like best case scenario, like yeah, that. Yeah, and it's really hard to deal with those because you're still dealing with like it was. It was a strange. It's been yeah. And I, I also, I know though that you were on their radar before because you did like a very perfect Sasuke special. I I think it was the Sasuke that probably uh, got me the exposure. I always say that because I was, uh, still for me, that's my little legacy because I'm the only uh, female that's ever done that um, in professional wrestling. And I did my research to see if any female had done that when I was in the indie scene and I was like, I'm going to do that. And it's funny because I had a mental block going backwards in gymnastics. And that's what caused me to drop from elite and give up um, in gymnastics. And um, because I just started jumping back on my head because I just developed this mental block going backwards. Mm. And um, yeah. And then all of a sudden my, you know, 10, 20, was it 15 years down the line, I'm doing a Sasuke special over ropes and tuck back in over ropes. <laughs> That's a, um, so the first time you did the Sasuke, how scared were you? I wasn't. Nah. Because that's a terrifying uh, this, move to, to watch. I, is, I mean, every time I see Will Ospreay do it, I'm like, that, that doesn't even seem possible. Yeah, I weren't scared. It was more adrenaline and just performance, really. I just thrived off the performance. So it weren't the fear. There was no fear in the actual move. It was more... I don't even know, but I, I wouldn't say I'm scared. I've never been scared trying a new move, ever. Um, I'm kind of like, if this is going to get the crowd going, you know, it's going to create a good show, I'm going to do it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's. Are you saying yeah. you did it for the first time, like live on a show? Oh yeah. my God. Yeah, I literally practiced round of tutbacks in like a game, joining them, because I hadn't joined it for a long time since gymnastics. So I was practicing that in the gym. And uh, I was like, I'm doing this in a show tonight. And I told the guys, you know, this is the first time I'm going for it. So just catch it on your arm. Just if I get caught up in the ropes, you know, just leave me and I'll deal with whatever happens there. <laughs> but um, as long as I weren't hurting others, that was, you know, I didn't mind. And I did the court screw Sasgate. I was told by the guys, one of the guys that was kind of got us over there, I think it was an American guy. Um, he just said, if you could corkscrew the Sasgate, that would be crazy. So. The next show, I just went for it. Yeah. And uh, it was actually very good. I was actually really pleased when I watched it back. So I'm very pleased with that move. That Yeah, that was a big accomplishment for me. Yeah. No, it, it's a big accomplishment for anybody. <laughs> you know, you keep a lot of what you're saying keeps coming back to the word grace. And you yeah. know, it's not a word that we hear a lot in our daily lives. So mm. for you, what does grace mean? For me, it's just going with the flow and just whatever instinct instinctively comes to you, just having grace to 
you know, follow out that, the path that you need to achieve it without um, being. And when you lose things as well, it's not being stuck on them and bitter on them. It's just going, okay, let's take grace with this. So you're kind of saved by grace. I got it tattooed on my arm. And uh, you follow through with your faith of yourself, you know, that, you know, this obviously wasn't meant to be because it gives me nothing but anxiety now and makes me uncomfortable. And I want to follow one where I, you know, the anxiety starts to go again and I start to feel happy and free. I'd say, I'd say grace is just being free. Mm. And, uh, yeah, that's for me. It's just feeling free and uh, not trapped and by anxiety because it cripples you when you just feel fear all the time and, yeah, and just uncertainty. For as fit as you are, for as much as you love CrossFit, have you thought about becoming a CrossFit Games competitor now? I've had that a couple of times from people. Why don't you go for the CrossFit Games? Yeah. They're another league. I mean, I'm I'm good at CrossFit, but they're another league. No, no, no. Hold on. I mean, you're better than <laughs> good at CrossFit, okay? I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I'm better than good. I'd, uh, I'm, I mean, I could be very good at CrossFit, but um, I honestly just really love the, the training and, you know, how I push myself through limits every time I train. Um, but I've had a couple of people say to me, right, now you can focus on your CrossFit training. Go for And I'm like, oh. so, I know I've got the mentality to it, but that is a, they are incredible athletes. But, but think about it. Maybe if you can't get back in the ring for six months, maybe it's 12 months. Think mm-hmm. of how much better of a CrossFit competitor you'd be six months, 12 months from now. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I'm, yeah, I could. I, oh, she's I starting to think about it. I can see the wheels turning. <laughs> I don't know. I, I used to think, but it's, um, yeah, I mean, I would love to start competing in it, but it's, I wouldn't want to put the pressure on it because it's something I really enjoy. And it's, it's kind of one of them things where I don't have the pressure of being better than other people. I just do it to be good, just to feel good and, you know, I enjoy it. And I, I think as soon as the I thing with me, as soon as I put pressure on things, I did like, CrossFit for about a year, a few years ago. And, yeah. And I know that when you go in there and you do the, the wad, the workout of the day, it is competitive. Yeah. And I know you're, you know, you're, you're competing yeah. against men, you're competing against women, you're competing against young people, old people. And I would yeah. imagine if we went to your CrossFit gym, you are probably the one who wins the wad every single day. Mostly. Yeah. I make sure I'm winning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't like not to win, but <laughs> yeah, I've had a few injuries lately though as well, so it's 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 set me back, but I'm slowly getting back into it. So you probably look at some of the you know competitors, uh, you know some of the times of the people in the CrossFit games. Yeah. Look at them and go, yeah, I could do that. I mean, I, I could I could definitely do it, but I was um, I want my twenty. I'm still young. I'm 29 next year, but. I say that it's like a lot of the people training to get to the CrossFit Games now. I know they have, they do have like the 25 and over and all, you know. Uh, who knows? Maybe one day. But at the moment, it's not, it's not in my instincts to go for that. So, yeah. Well, right now, you're spending a lot of time training other people. That's, that's your day job right now, right? Yes. Yeah. Just, yeah. Building an online fitness band and just training people one to one. Oh, which is, yeah. I mean, that, uh, it's, Probably pretty great to train with someone like you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> now, you, uh, I, I know that you have a lot of tattoos. And with everything that's been going on this year, 
which tattoo currently means the most to you or speaks the most to you? Uh, my one on my back. So I've got one down my spine because obviously it's just, it's just fine. It's just fine and that holds you up and keeps you strong. So I got it down the spine. It says success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It's the courage to continue to count. So that relates now. Oh, that's so, say that one more time. That's so good. <laughs> success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It's the courage to continue to count. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. You, so that's, you, that's my, probably my favorite. Are you hopeful that you can be back in a wrestling ring, maybe even just yeah. in the next few weeks, months? Yeah, I'm hope. I mean, my main goal now is because uh, obviously I'm I'm living back home at the moment. So my main goal now is to move out, which I'm moving out in two weeks. So I'm going to be renting a just a really nice little place. So move out, and then I can start again focusing on training. And at the moment, I've kind of taken a step back on myself and focusing on my own goal and just putting it into all my business at the moment. Um, but yeah, as soon as I can focus on myself as well as that again, I'll be back to that. Yeah. I'm already in touch with, um, uh, I don't know if you know the, 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 the Lucha School. So Greg Burridge, I'm in touch with him and I'll be back training there. So yeah, yeah, I think it, it, it's like we're driving, you're out for a bit, but as soon as you hit the ropes again, it'll just, I'll be off. I'll be back. I think I'll be bruised for a bit. <laughs> because <laughs> you, you get conditioned to it, don't you? And I'll go back to it. I'll have all rope marks on my back and, but the back bump's going to feel like a car crash again. <laughs> yeah. But it'll be fine. I'll get used to it. Has any part of this year discouraged you from wrestling at all? Uh, I wouldn't do say discouraged. I'd say whether I'm looking at kind of taking that step, like I said, in everything I've done and going more into the the – the acting side of performing. Cause as I said, I wasn't a huge wrestling fan when I started wrestling. That wasn't the reason I started training. I mean, I know that's a lot of people's story, but that's not mine. The reason I've always wanted to be a performer. I've been a natural performer since I was a kid. I've always showed off and I've always, I've just always loved performing. So it's whether I want to take the next step in that performing side and start doing movies and films. I know that's another hard path, but like I said, when, there's a will, there's a way, and um, I'm already in touch with directors. I've got a phone call with one who's just got a film on Netflix. So um, it's just creating those connections in order to get there. So yeah, I believe I've, I've got the, I can I can do it, and I would be able to do those sort of films. And I really want to give them a go and see. So I'm not sure. I'm not discouraged. I still want to do the the performance is still a massive part of where I'm going. I'm just. Uh, trying to take a next step at the moment, if that makes sense. Yeah. And well, Um, I think that there's a lot of parallels between acting and wrestling. And I don't, I don't mean the performance of it. I mean, yeah, they're very, they're very intertwined, I think. And, uh, it's, it's just whether you can, you can take that next step and really go the full. Yeah. And, uh, it's very, very, yeah. I think a lot of wrestling, the main bit that really draws me in is the acting side of it. When I see the people doing the acting side, I, I'm, I love it. And that's what gets you in touch with the character. You can't really get invested in wrestling if you don't know the character, I think. Um, so the, the attitude here, I, I bloody love. I could I sit watching all the old stuff um, a lot because I just think they, the characters were so 
you knew the character, you knew what they were going to be like, you knew what you was watching, and that was yeah, the characters was everything. Who would, I think what, are, it, what are some old films, some classic films that you just love? Uh, in what genre are we talking? Well, you tell me. You're, you're... I'm um, I'm massively. I love action um, films. I'm not very good with remembering the names and all of that um, kind of thing. I've got a memory like a goldfish. Um, but if I saw it, I got like the Rocky Balboas. I could watch them over and over and over and over. Yeah. Um, and I love Fast and Furious as well. All of those. Um, what's a good fight film that I love? Try and list off some really good, like, street, with all the street fight. And I was saying to uh, one of my friends the other day, like, do you ever get the urge to just go down an alley and start, like, fighting? Oh. Like, But, like, street fighting, like, throwing yeah. headbutts, knees, and throwing people into walls. That's all the stuff that I would... I I'm think really for me, John Wick immediately comes to mind when you say, like, great fight sequences like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, fight fight choreography is definitely where I want to go now, and that will help with my wrestling anyway because it's the psychology behind it that I always found the most difficult grasping. To be honest, um, like why you're throwing the hits, why you're ducking a line, and while you're while you're doing, you know, that side of it was that took me the longest to grasp. I was just all about the moves, and it was to be honest, nothing to do with the moves. What um, what match of yours are you most proud of at this stage of your career? Uh, my favorite match, and it was rehearsed. Like we, we say rehearsed, but we've gone over it. And luckily, I trained with the guy that I had the match. It's a lot of my intergender matches that I absolutely love. I love hard hitting and just really going for it and connecting. Like once you connect, and there's no when you're in the ring and you have a match and you connect, there's nothing else like it. There honestly isn't. But I would say it's with Bjorn Bullman. He's uh he's he's not a massively known wrestler but he's great in the indies and uh he's an incredible wrestler but that match for me still i still post clips now when i'm he's 85 kilos and i gorilla pressed him and it was uh yeah so that match was crazy everything was in it and but at the same time there was a lot of psychology behind it and i felt my character was yeah i really had my character nailed in that match so hmm. You know what? I think a match that I think a lot of people would want to see, and when I say this, it might make sense to you, is you versus Jordan Grace. Yeah. Uh, you talk yeah. about Grace, which obviously makes a lot of sense, but also you guys are both, you know, you're very physical, you're very strong, yeah. and I think that that match could be amazing. Yeah. I mean, definitely Jordan Grace, Tessa Blanchard, and um, I actually really wanted to have a match with Chris Gatlander as well. Well, so those three, for me, in terms of physicality and uh, wrestling style, was like my goal match. Well, yeah, I would love to wrestle those three, definitely. I think you've got yeah. the most important thing here moving forward. The most important thing you have is a great mindset. It's just, yeah, it's mind. It's all mindset. And if, if you know, I, I was in a negative place for a while. Don't get me wrong. I was frustrated, angry, just. I'd say I was a little bit bitter and I hate to say that because I hate that um, and I just didn't like who I was and for me if you can't look in the mirror and say I'm proud of you you know you're doing a good job and just say like at least three affirmations about yourself then 
anything you're judging on other people and saying about other people is clearly a reflection of you because mm. you, you should be able to like yourself initially. Once you like yourself, you can't say anything nasty about other people because I don't find myself saying nasty things about other people ever. And that, until I was in that place and I started to get bitter and I was going, you know, you get jealous and you start saying things and I was becoming one of that. And it's so easy to go that way. And I'm going to say, be completely honest, it's so easy for anyone to go in that direction because it's fear, it's anxiety, it's I'm not good enough. I'm, you know, it's all those things. And a lot, anyone can go that way without a mindset and just without kind of just sitting back and looking at things in a bigger perspective and just not, yeah. And, and then you start to feel that love coming back into your life and you just start to feel happier and your relationships improve and everything starts to improve around you again. And then you're like, okay, it's me that creates all this, you know, when you start to get in that bad place, it's, it's me, it's my feelings, it's my emotions. And you're in control of that. That is something you're in control of feeling good. And, uh, that's where I'm, I'm at at the moment, just yeah. really doing things and just trying to feel good every day. Cause you know, it's at the moment with the current situation of the world, it's easy for us all to wake up and, look at all the traumas of the world and, you know, what's bad and this and how am I going to do this? I can't do this now and I've lost this. And and just how's that going to set you up to go for what you want in six months' time? It's not. So, yeah, without going on the tandem, it's just about feeling good. And uh, that's where I'm at. I just I feel happy again now and I'm doing the things that's in my control and not thinking about all the things that could go wrong, really. You, yeah. you said when, when you first got to AEW, you, you started to doubt yourself a little bit. What, what was yeah. it? Why, did, why would you start to doubt yourself? I, I don't know. Once I, 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 cannot, I can't grasp, like this is why I say sometimes when you enter a nut, the next chapter of your life, the past chapter makes sense. In the moment, it still doesn't make sense. Like I was flying, I was so certain this was the path I wanted and where I was going was the right direction. And then I got signed and I had hesitations to move in. I was fearful. I was worried. And I just started to feel like overwhelming anxiety all the time. That wasn't me. And, um, yeah, like I know I always got nervous when I performed, but the anxiety actually overtook uh, like the two performances I got. I just felt so overwhelmed with anxiety and fear that I couldn't be the performer that I am either. Um, in those two matches, I really didn't feel like I did myself any justice. Like when I was in Japan, I really was just the performing side I was on. Like I, I'm happy with every performance I did in Japan. And uh, yeah, I, I really don't know where I started to doubt myself yet. I haven't figured that out, but I think it was more so, um, I don't know. I, I don't know yet. I can't figure that out. But there was an element of doubt. I think it's normal once you've got to level up. You kind of reach the, a stage where you're around, like, really cool people and just professional, you know, people you really respect. And you're a little fish again. And you're like, okay, I need to level up to be able to be on these people's level and just, you know. Yeah. You start to question yourself, which is good because yeah. then you start to grow. So I think it was just an element of growth and when I started to doubt myself and I needed I've got I still had a lot of growing to do to be at that point, I think. And in I didn't probably feel hundred percent ready um to be performing in front of a TV audience. Um so I was thrown in the deep end maybe before I was ready to swim, maybe. In that kind of 
environment and uh that's how you learn though in my opinion i you that is how you learn and that's why i wanted to come out to train because i knew you know you're never the best wrestler you can be anyway you've always got things to learn and things to improve hence why i started mma as well to improve my the realistic side of how i fight and that aggression i wanted to bring to my character um but yeah i think it was more i knew i had a lot of groundwork to do to be where i wanted to go in that promotion maybe yeah so i lost the certainty in myself um, you know which is, I had japan, st- is japan still an option for you um they're wrestling I, there again i loved i wouldn't go back to stardom um i i know it's a great promotion i loved it i loved wrestling but in terms of the professionalism and uh the humanity in terms of grievance when i said i you know my granddad's passed and i was broken and was sitting there watching wows in a i know this sounds funny but you know the, two days ago i lose my granddad and then we're going to a, a theme park to watch wows jump around it's the last thing i want to be doing and i just bawled out in tears and um i get emotional talking about it to be honest oh god <laughs> um but I remember that day, and it was it was really I can't believe I got emotional. And uh, when and actually took a lot for me to go tell the uh, promoter that I've got to go home, like I can't be here anymore. And he tapped my leg, and he said, um, "No, no, you stay, business." And I and I just thought, because you know, political ways, I knew I was going to get shit on for going home. And. Uh, I always do right by me anyway. It's not, like I said to you, it's not about if, if a career makes you feel like that, leave it, in my opinion. And yeah. that, for me, was I just booked, I changed my flight myself and I went. And I would have loved to have said goodbye and done it the right way to all the girls and been respectful because I know that con- their culture and everything's all about respect and it's an amazing culture. Um, but for me, that was that wasn't respectful to me or, or my family or myself, you know? And, uh, yeah, it was a hard time. <laughs> See how much it means to you even now talking. about. Yeah. <laughs> now, thank you for sharing that story. I, yeah, I, I yeah. didn't expect this. To I, get emotional. Emotional. I didn't, yeah, I didn't expect to. That was weird. But, uh, I guess when you go back, you just, you realize that it made me, God, it made me strong. Yeah. But, um, yeah. that was, uh, hard yeah japan was a, a difficult time for me but but it, it sounds like I you also, you grew a ton it. as yeah. a you grew a ton as a person there yeah and i channeled it in the ring <laughs> yeah so it was fine um i loved performing out there i loved the style and i'd love to go back but definitely for a different promotion right as we wrap things up right now, you mentioned yeah. love reading books. We're definitely on the same wavelength. Yeah. Let me make every day better than the last day. What book yeah. do I need to read this week? Uh, My new favorite one. I'll get it up. Because <laughs> yeah, I, I listen to audiobooks when right. I'm driving. and it's, it's just an easier way because I'm on the road a lot. So. Yeah, me too. It's called... The sub, the subdued art of not giving a fuck. That was one. Oh, of my I love that. I love that book, Mark Manson. Yeah, have you have you listened to it? I've, I've read that book several times. That book has oh, completely changed my life. The subtle art of not giving. A yeah, fuck. that's 
it's kind of got the different, it's still empowering, but in a different way. It, it relates to a different perspective, which I loved to the and, secret. And for anyone listening to this that's going, oh, it's, it's super easy to not give an F. It's like, no, no, that's not what this book is about. This book yeah. is about focusing the, your attention on the things that matter rather than yeah, I mean, throwing you yeah. know, your Fs around for stuff that doesn't matter. Yes. Yeah. You should still give a fuck, but not for the things that you shouldn't give a fuck about, basically. Sorry, F. Swear. No, no. <laughs> I was trying to not swear. <laughs> you can. Yeah. And uh, The New Earth. Have you listened? Have you read that? The New Earth. Okay. This is new. I will write this one down. Eckhart Tolle. I'm Eckhart not sure Tolle, if I'm yeah. reading that right. Did I say that right? You did. Yeah. Eckhart Tolle. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. good. Um, yeah. That's really good. And there's one... So you've got the new earth, but there's one just before that that you write that so you should listen to before that, and it's called Entering the Now. Is that also Eckhart Tolle? Yeah, listen to that one before the new earth. Okay. It's... There we go. But yeah, they're, they're really good. Yeah. You know, I didn't... You got I... me all emotional. What you done to me? <laughs> what, a, what an hour we've spent together. We have. It's been good. But yeah, uh, I've, I, I've I, let I... a lot of my story out that I haven't spoke about before, so... I'm no, feeling, I... I... I'm in a place of feeling more open now as well. Like just, I think if you're going to be successful in anything, it's being who you are. So um, like I said, I wasn't a massive wrestling fan when I started. I became a wrestling fan as I started doing it and I gained respect for the sport um, itself. So I've always been afraid to say that because I felt you had to be a fan to kind of be involved like a massive fan. And that always feared me to say that, but it's, I just love performing and I love the, the connection you gained with the audience and it, it like I said it did set me on fire and really get it I found grace in it so well the the best is yet to come it is I'm not I'm definitely not done but uh it's too much passion in me to to not channel it anywhere and share okay. it <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know what to expect from this conversation, but this has, you know, been more than I could have possibly expected. Uh, yeah. it's amazing hearing your mindset, your attitude, your passion. It just kind of oozes through you, not just with wrestling, but with everything that you do, you have so much passion yeah. that you throw t- in, into that thing. Yeah. Trying. <laughs> You're doing it. So yeah. Sadie, Thank you. I'm excited to see you back in a ring, whether it's there or whether it's here or maybe it is somewhere else in Japan. So I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited for what the future has to hold for you. Yeah, hopefully. We'll see. So thank you. You too. It'd be nice to hear what's going on with you as well. What's your well, next? You're, you're, uh, yeah. when, when you're able to come to America, we'll meet up and do this in person. That'd be good. <laughs> thank you so uh-huh. much, Sadie. Yeah, good luck in Los Angeles. And uh, yeah, I like your belt in the back there. Oh, thank you. Yes. uh, I feel like a real champion when I give myself a belt. (laughs) Did you get that made? It was a gift. Yeah. Oh, it's brilliant. But I mean, it's fitting. You are on the Chris Van Vliet show right now. We have a belt that tells you that. Yeah. Okay. Wow, I just, I feel like we learned a lot there, both about Sadie Gibbs and also just about expanding our minds. Thank you for hanging out with us on this conversation. Take a screenshot. Let us know that you're on this audio adventure along with us. Tag us on Instagram so we can share this and so we can say hi. I'm at Chris Van Vliet. Sadie is at the Sadie Gibbs. And we talked about it here, but have you seen her Sasuke special? 
Have you? Look this up if you have. It is. It is impressive. And hopefully, we'll be seeing her doing it again sometime soon uh, as independent independent wrestling shows start to hopefully open up in the London area, you know, eventually, you know, when they can start to do that safely. And I just love her positive outlook on life. And look, yeah, for a lot of people, 2020 has been rough. We're all in this together. You know, 2020 has been, it's been difficult, but I also feel like there's a lot of bright spots in this. And there is a lot of good if you're looking for it. Yeah, I, I don't want to tell you what specifically it is for you, but I'm, you know, there, there is, I'm sure, a lot of good there. And as Albert Einstein once said, in the middle of difficulty lies opportunity. Hmm. Be great. Be grateful, my friends. We'll see you on the next one. The next one is Chavo Guerrero. What a chat. We'll see you there.